Welcome to DePaul Download. I'm your host, Linda Blakely, Vice President of University Marketing and Communications. As part of the university's COVID-19 prevention efforts, many cherished DePaul events have been canceled or postponed this spring. That includes TEDx DePaul University, which was scheduled to take place on April the 24th. So let's take some time to revisit one of our past TEDx speakers. On this episode, we're checking in with Carly Butler, a DePaul alumna who presented a powerful talk at 2018's TEDx DePaul University called Reimagining Forgiveness. She spoke about the acid attack she survived in 2006 and her forgiveness for the assailant. In an interview we recorded in February, I spoke with Carly about her experience as a TEDx speaker and what she has been up to since her 2018 talk. Here's a clip. I woke up on May 25th, 2006, a joyful, hardworking graduate student with the world at my fingertips. I'd wake up the next day, an acid burn survivor, laying in a hospital bed connected to tubes and IVs, not knowing what was next for me. I'd suffered third-degree, full-thickness burns to 30% of my body. My life had become a TV movie. I'd spent six and a half weeks in the hospital, falling in and out of depression, having nightmares every night of someone trying to kill me. Sometimes with a gun, once I was pushed off a cliff, and once I was put in a furnace. The physical scars were painful, but the emotional scars terrorized me. Carly's talk about the acid attack she survived in 2006 and her forgiving the assailant has been viewed more than 3,000 times on YouTube. I am so grateful that she told her story through TEDx DePaul University. And Carly, I'm also grateful you're joining me here today. And I'm excited to be here. Thank you. For listeners who might be unfamiliar with your talk, tell us a little more about it. How did you move through your anger and find forgiveness? Well, being the survivor of violence um, was a really transformative experience for me. And I thought that I wanted to share with people, you know, how I was able to move through that. That year, the theme was reimagine forgiveness. And so I really wanted to share with others um, and help them to reimagine forgiveness, not as a reciprocal process or, you know, expectation of an apology, but really forgiving for self and starting with self. How did that forgiveness change you? You know, it started with a thought. And uh, at the time, I was in a really dark place. I was really upset about what happened to me. Everyone else had gotten to move on with their lives. And the anger that I was harboring towards the people who harmed me was really eating me up. It wasn't contributing in any way to my healing or my growth. And every day that I woke up, I was miserable. That anger was bringing me down. And I thought, I can't live like this. I do not want to live like this. And so it was that first thought of forgiveness. And then when I made the decision to forgive and let go, things started to transform for me. The good, positive things started to happen. You know, things started to open up for me. And that's when I knew I'd made the right decision. You're an advocate for other survivors of violence. What do you tell people about the notion of forgiveness? I tell them that forgiveness is personal. And you don't have to do it anyone else's way. Right? It's very personal. Um, And you can change your mind. 
that's okay. And then also, just because you forgive a person, it doesn't mean that you're excusing what happened, right? And it also doesn't mean that they have to be a part of your life. So you can forgive yourself and, and move forward without any expectation of, of, you know, having a friendship or moving forward with, with them being a part of your life. Carly, you're what we call a double demon. You have two degrees from DePaul, a bachelor's degree that was earned in 2004, and a master's degree that you completed in 2010. How was your education part of your recovery? I was attacked shortly after graduation. So I graduated my undergrad in 2004, and I had an amazing experience. I was an Egan Hope Scholar here, and I was attacked in 2006. So it was, there was a very short window. I was actually in my first graduate school class when the first attack happened. And so when I was in the hospital, my first thought was, I have a paper that I have to turn in. I was devastated that I had to stop going to school because of what happened to me. And it was my first priority after healing to get back. And so I had a a totally different vision for my life, but getting back to school really helped me to get back on the path that I was on and to reclaim my happiness. Did your education and communications have a role in your becoming an advocate? At the time, I didn't know that it would help me, but now, you know, now it's been really helpful. I didn't realize the role, and so I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, if that makes sense. Yes. Your topic is so incredibly personal. What made you want to participate in TEDx DePaul University? Well, I love DePaul University, (laughs) and I thought it a really good opportunity to share with an audience that was familiar to me. And um, I really loved the theme. And so it just seemed like the the perfect space for me to share an intimate story that was deeply traumatizing to me. I want to glimpse into what it's like to be a TEDx speaker. How did you prepare for the big day? Oh, the preparation. I knew that it would be one of the hardest things I've ever ever done. Um, Again, it's one of those things you don't really know you can do until you do it. So looking back at the process, I... It was a really anxiety-ridden time for me, honestly, because I wanted to do a good job. But I had these note cards, right? I'd written out the different sections of my talk on note cards. And my son will tell you, I was carrying them to soccer practice, Chuck E. Cheese, everywhere, (laughs) Um, just practicing over and over again, listening to myself and writing things down until I got to a point where I felt comfortable sharing. Walk us through what it's like to stand in that red circle with hundreds of eyes on you. Were you nervous? I was very nervous. And you know, watching the other speakers before me was really uh, energizing because I was like, oh, they've done a great job. I know I can do this. Um, but, you know, the the producers reminded me, they said, you make it emotional. And I'm like, no, no, I've done this a thousand times. You know, I've told this story so many times, no worries. And I did have a moment where I, I literally froze, right? I had an out-of-body experience where I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm talking about my own life here, not somebody else. <laughs> And I really appreciate that moment. I'm not ashamed about it at all because it really helped me to reflect 
and just really stand in the moment and know, and think I'm here. I'm sharing this. This is real. And it was a, it was a cathartic experience for me, for sure. Did gaining this valuable exposure change your life in any way, whether personally or professionally? Personally, it solidified the fact that I can speak publicly. It's something that I can do. I've been doing it for a long time, but it definitely legitimizes you as a speaker. Um, So that was a personal goal. Uh, But professionally, I get a lot of emails and phone calls from people asking for my expertise around trauma, forgiveness, you know, going through the justice system. And I really appreciate people inquiring about, you know, my perspective. What part about the experience did you find the most satisfying and what part did you find the most challenging? I'd say the most satisfying was the audience and the feedback and having my family there, just having this really supportive crowd of people who were there to really enjoy the experience with me. Um, The most challenging part, I'd say, was leading up to the actual event. So the, the practicing, the waking up in the middle of the night thinking I'd forget <laughs> all the words. So that anxious period was really hard. What kind of feedback have you received on your talk? Really positive feedback, thank goodness. So despite my, um, my little pause, I think people felt really moved by that moment. And for a moment I was like, oh no, I kind of messed up, but I, I was being reflective. And so I appreciate everyone's feedback that um, I did help them reimagine forgiveness. I was in the audience that day, and I can confirm that that pause moved people. I can tell you it moved me. Hmm. Thank you. I just, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about Nicole, and I was thinking about what happened to me. And in the distance, I heard my dad. My dad said, "It's okay, Car." <laughs> and like we went out to we went out to dinner after that. And my son, who'd been part of this process the whole time, he goes, "Mommy, I was going to run up and help you." And I just thought, oh, "Thank you." Tell us about your life now. What are you doing? My life now. So, for a little while after uh, the talk, I was director of social services at Kurt's Cafe, which I shared in my talk, and that was amazingly fulfilling work. Um, And now I am program officer at a local community foundation. And so I'm really enjoying, you know, spreading my wings and challenging myself in a new field. Considering where you are today, what was the most significant contributing experience or factor during your time as a student at DePaul? Mm. Well, I'd say um, in undergrad, it was really my, my peers and the community. I felt really supported. And I, I really enjoyed my experience of just being in the Chicagoland area. In graduate school, I really appreciated having professors who helped me to become a critical thinker. What advice would you give to current students or members of DePaul's community who want to position themselves as thought leaders and may want to one day be on that stage? I'd say really think carefully about what you want to share. Be passionate about it and be open to 
you have to decide how, how vulnerable you want to be for that experience. So once you've nailed that down, you know, submit your, your application and give it a go and just practice, practice, practice. Carly, thank you for sharing your message of empowerment with DePaul Download. It was great to see you again. Thank you for having me. You can find a link to Carly's talk on the DePaul Download website. I'm Linda Blakely. Thank you for listening to this episode of DePaul Download, presented by DePaul's Division of University Marketing and Communications.